Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to episode 26 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Veering off course a little bit today, not the usual college basketball, Lobo basketball specifically um, kind of content today. I, I, While I still primarily cover Lobo basketball for the Albuquerque Journal and abqjournal.com slash sports to get there a little bit quicker, I also cover whatever else they need me to cover. So while I was at Wednesday night's game, the Lobos losing to Colorado State in Fort Collins, um, one of the worst losses I've seen in in covering the Lobos for the journal. Um, That is not the topic I am covering today in this podcast as I record this on Thursday evening. After Wednesday night's game, I did drive back from Fort Collins to Denver Thursday morning, and instead of flying back to Albuquerque, I flew to Las Vegas, where the Lobos do play UNLV on Saturday afternoon, and that is part of why I'm out here. But I am also covering for the journal UFC 246, and that is why today's podcast covers a little bit of that. I had a conversation that I, I want to share with you guys um, with Holly Holm, with New Mexico's own Holly Holm. She's in the co-main event on Saturday. She is fighting Raquel Pennington. It is Holly's first rematch in her MMA and her UFC career, and she she won a split deci- decision in 2015 against Pennington, and they're fighting again, but... Um, and, and in the main event, of course, at 2.46 on Saturday is Conor McGregor fighting New Mexico's own Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who lives at the BMF Ranch out in Edgewood, his ranch, BMF Ranch, um, where he trains and has other fighters train as well. So that is the main, very New Mexico flavor, New Mexico feel to, to the main event and co-main event on Saturday. But my conversation with Holly Holm, look, I, I wasn't, I'm not out here trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, as I landed uh, in the airport today, she, her media event had actually already started, and 200 fight media, regular fight media, um, asking her questions about the fight game and about her career in UFC and about Raquel Pennington and what to expect Saturday night. I, I wasn't about to try and reinvent the wheel when I got about 15 minutes with Holly at her hotel after that event. Um, I, I wanted to to give it a New Mexico feel, a New Mexico angle to my conversation with her. For you listeners who primarily, I know not all of you, but primarily are New Mexico readers of the Albuquerque Journal and listeners to the Talking Grammar podcast, of course. So um, I, I've I've interviewed Holly several times throughout the throughout my brief time, I guess, at the Albuquerque Journal. Certainly haven't covered her nearly as much as somebody like Rick Wright, who's a, ba- a New Mexico Boxing Hall of Famer himself for his years of combat sport coverage. But uh, I I do find Holly Holm to be to have already cemented her place in the legacy of sports in New Mexico. She she has nothing to prove, and yet she still takes so much stress on herself and on her shoulders. To make the fight fans of New Mexico, the people of New Mexico, just beloved her. Um, she's so beloved in New Mexico. She takes it on herself to, to make them proud. And and she takes it hard when she loses because she feels she let them down. She, she also feels that way about the people in her camp. When she was 16 years old, you know, she walked into Winkle John Kickboxing and started training there. And, and Mike Winkle John became her coach. And two decades later, he's still her coach. Her manager, Lenny Fresquez, still her manager two decades later after, you know, her Hall of 
would have been a Hall of Fame career in combat sports had she never gone to the UFC because she was a multi-time, multiple-time world champion in boxing. So anyway, Holly Holm, very loyal to the people around her, very loyal to the fans in New Mexico, and that's primarily what I wanted to talk to her about. I also find it kind of funny that um, I get the setup, I get the timing of it all, but to you know to capitalize on on media buzz right before a big fight, they do these media days the UFC does with all their fighters a couple days out, and just make them sit in front of cameras and tape recorders and and all these things for answering all these questions. Well, most of them are cutting weight, and for those that don't know, the the weight cut process for fighters for most fighters. It's just a miserable time. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be talking to people. They don't want to be answering questions. Luckily for for me and, and for anybody that's dealt with Holly Holmes, she's always gracious enough with her time that she did give me some time today. It was after the media session. I met her at her hotel, not out at the uh, at the UFC facility where they did the media day. Um, so she gave me some time at her hotel to to talk with her and share with you guys just what fighting out of New Mexico and Albuquerque, as they announce her, you know, the preacher's daughter out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, what it means to her to, to carry a little bit of New Mexico into the octagon every time she fights and what what the passion of, of fight fans from New Mexico means to her and, and why she takes it so serious and, and is stressed out sometimes um, about pleasing the fans and not letting them down and not letting her coaches and the team around her down. So Holly Holm, here's a conversation I had with her on Thursday, two days away from her co-main event at UFC 246, and um, hope you enjoy it. First of all, like thank you so much. I know you got a, a lot more important things than talking with reporters all day. Um, I, you know, I want to start there, though. It's funny to me that... I know timing-wise they can't do it any other way, but you guys have so many media obligations when you're you're cutting weight, you're finalizing preparation for one of the biggest moments of your life, mm-hmm. you have a pay-per-view event. Um, how frustrating sometimes does does a day like today, like a media day where you have 200 media members um, trying to mm-hmm. talk to you and all all wanting you know a piece of your time? You know, I just uh, I think it's just something you have to get accustomed to and just get used to doing. Um, it comes with the territory and just learn how to schedule your your time around it. Um, you know, a lot of my boxing career, it wasn't like this. So right. I could just keep scheduling my, you know, my training during fight week, my taper down workouts and everything. And now it's like, okay, I got to run from here to here so that I can, you know, work out from this time to this time because I will need to be done by this time for this. And it's just kind of balancing it. And that's been something that I just kind of learned to just kind of you just get your fight schedule and just deal with it. Um, deal with it is, is one part. Are, are you better at it now, or is it something you even get better at? You just sort of, I guess, deflected at some point, um, I guess, right? I feel like it's, um, I don't know, it just makes me feel like as much as I don't love to do media, <laughs> it's also Which is a nice way of every it. step of the way. Also, like, it, it's a reminder that it's fight week. It kind of makes it more real, and it's just part of the part of it, so it's just... So it becomes uh, part of the buildup, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's, if, if there was, at this point, I think if there was none, it would be like, is it fight week or is it not? <laughs> you know. So um, I just take it. I just take it in. It's, I might as well just not hate it too much, or else I'm be miserable the whole week. You know. So well, one other question on that front is: you still had, uh, you know, at media today, media day today, a couple hundred reporters just trying to get that time from you. Do you still appreciate how special a position you're in because you are still absolutely what people want to 
to Absolutely. gravitate to. If um, if nobody wanted to talk to me or, or you know watch me, that'd be that'd be uh, then I would be thinking, you know what, I'm not doing something right. So yeah. um, I would still want to fight no matter what. Yeah, you're not doing it for me. that. I know, I'm but not it, doing it for that. But it's definitely um, it's just a reminder that there's a lot of people watching, a lot of people interested, and I have a lot of support and a lot of fans, and I want to I want to be able to perform for them. I want to ask you about those fans. You. Um, and, and I, I saw Wink uh, downstairs and, and asked him sort of the same thing. Um, you have so much pride in representing your fans, representing your camp and the people around you and New Mexico. Um, do you do you draw strength from that? Is there a reason that you, you put so much of that on yourself? And sometimes does it get in the way? Do you do, you do it too much? I just, I mean, I, I try and use it for good motivation. You know, I mean, sometimes it can be... I mean, you can put pressures on you in, in a lot of ways, but um, I I just know that I wouldn't be able to do my job if I didn't have fans, and I wouldn't be able to keep progressing if I didn't have my team. I wouldn't be able to, you know, even and even just the support from my friends who give that balance outside of it. And uh, there's there's a lot that goes into one fight, and I just am always thankful for it. It doesn't I don't take it as any kind of a bad or bad. Um, you know, pressure or too much pressure. Mm-hmm. I just I acknowledge it because that is the reason why I get to live my dream. You guys um, have a family in your team. You, you've been with the same group mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, what? Why is that so important to you to to be with the same people you were with when when you started this whole thing on the boxing side? Uh, you know, nobody from the outside really knows what you go through um, with your team to get to a fight. And each fight is its own journey, and you know the the amount of um, passion that's kind of shared, and the amount of respect that's shared between people is just something that you can't replicate in anything else in life. And so there's um, there's just a, a closeness. How can you not feel like family uh, when you're going through times like that? When when you are, you know, you, you're you're going through something that takes every ounce of your emotion, your passion, your you know your to get physically, spiritually, mentally, all of that to be ready for one fight. Um, there's a lot of emotions in a lot of different ways, and this this job wouldn't be out there if there weren't people that shared those passions. And how do you not, um, you know, connect with people who are going to share those same passions? Yeah, these I know they they put in a lot of time, um, as do you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, back home, who, I'm not going to ask you to name, list people and then forget naming somebody, but, but who, who are a couple of the, the key names that, maybe it's names that we all have known about and written about, but I'm, I just want to make sure we don't forget anybody, obviously, um, Wink and Lenny. Um, who, who are a couple of the other key ones that have been there with you for a long time? Oh, I mean, Wink is the the first gym I walked into with Wingo John's kickboxing at age 16. Do you ever and think about what happens if you walked into the wrong gym that way oh, back then? I think then? about it all the time. <laughs> uh, I think about how different paths in life uh, have been. I don't know if, uh, if other people feel this way, but there are certain like paths in my road that led me here. I lived in Bosque Farms. I was supposed to go to Los Lunas High School. I did not want to go to Albuquerque for high school. My parents made me. I wound up going to Albuquerque for high school. We traveled every day, and from there is was by Winkle John's kickboxing. If I never would have gone to Albuquerque, I don't yeah. even know if I would have fought. I honestly, I really don't know. I don't know what my path would have been, and 
So there's just moments like that. It's like, wow, that was that fork in the road that like took me on this path, and I'm really, I'm really blessed. For and, it. and a fork at that time that you really didn't even have a decision, a, a no. say in. Sometimes and it's a say, you have a say. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely God's hand. Like you're going to go here, uh, and this is song gonna, unanswered yeah. prayers. Yeah, exactly. Um, sometimes, yeah, not getting what you want is is the best path. Um, right. All that said, it all brought you here um, to another fight week, another high level every all eyes in the world looking at you kind of fight and you're a co-main event for a reason you're still a big draw but your goals i know are beyond this fight are your goals still a belt absolutely i still want to fight for the belt uh if i wasn't if i didn't have my eyes on that if i didn't have a goal of that then what would i be doing right now and i guess the biggest thing that i've and i've said this a few times before I'm not here for a participation ribbon like I want to kind of just be part of it like I I want the gold and I want to keep fighting for it and the only way to get there is to get through this fight this fight has to be first and that's what I'm going to do I'm not promised another day I'm not promised another fight until I make happen what needs to happen in this fight with Raquel Pennington Um, it's my first uh, rematch in MMA it's a different experience in that way and um there's a lot of things that you can, I mean, you can get yourself worked up in so many ways or you can keep it simple in the fact that, like, you know what, if she came into my gym to spar tomorrow, I'd hand it to her. Okay. And I need to, to remember that instead of all this other, you know, I know it's on a big card and all this other pressure, but it's also good to keep it pretty simple and just know and believe in my ability and my skill. Are you better at that today, keeping it simple, than you were just four or five years ago when you when you first started hitting the UFC scene? <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's just different, you know, when I first started in the UFC, I was like, I'm going to keep it simple. I don't even care. You know, I didn't even really take any photos on my own or anything. Like, I don't care if it's documented. The only pictures I want are, you know, with my hand raised. And I don't know. They, I think of things differently. It's like, yeah, I'm embracing this this grind and enjoying the journey along the way. You know, it's not just it's not just one fight. It's a whole, uh, it's a whole legacy I'm trying to build here. And um, I try to keep it as simple as I can, but also really take it in while, while it's there. I don't want to get to the end of my career and be like, man, I did all that, and I really didn't like embrace it in the time like, and really take it in what, what I'm doing. And I know that I'm doing big things still. So I want to take it in and realize that it's big, but also keep it simple. So it's just a balance. What does the rematch mean to you? Like, how do you, how do you approach a rematch? Do you, because it was so long ago, do you approach it as two different fighters now? Or do you still pay attention a little bit to what happened the first time with her? I feel like every fighter has their own style. And that's just how it is. You can, you know, kind of perfect your style and get better at that. But every fighter has a style. And so, yes, um, she kind of has similar things and she's got a style. And I got to feel that before. But she's a very, she's an improved version of that. So I need need to be ready for her best game. I do think that she's going to bring her best game she's ever had against me. Um... The first fight on the scorecards, they say, is closer. And I think she really feels like that she was close in reach, and I don't feel that way. However, I need to make it really clear where she doesn't think that after yeah. this fight. Well, I heard her say this time, let's not let it go to the judges, because she thought she she won the first one, mm-hmm. um, so she doesn't want to go to the judges. I imagine you're of the same opinion, though. There's. I think it's easy for her to say uh, she thought that she won the first one because it was a split decision. Yeah. It's easy to say that. Um, but I go back and watch the fight, and I really don't feel that. So regardless, I should have done more to be more dominating, and that's the bottom line. All right, one more on New Mexico, and I'll let you go because I know you, you've got plenty to do still. Um, when you fight for New Mexico, I'm curious. This is you know the main event, a, a guy like Connor, and 
you know, everybody identifies him as being that the Irish fighter. For, well, first of all, let me veer off there. You got some Irish blood. Do you, do you when you're on a Connor card and and all these Irish fight fans are here, um, does that does that help you? Does that motivate you a little bit? Yeah, I I do. I have a lot of uh, I, I feel like a lot of Irish fans follow, and so I want to make them proud. And they always bring a really high energy. So yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take anything that's positive. I'll take it. Um, as far as New Mexico goes, though, when you make that walk and and you you're going to the octagon, what what about New Mexico? Do you think you carry with you into the ring or to the octagon in the cage? What do you, what do you think New Mexico has made you as, in terms of a fighter? I think that New Mexico is a very. Um, I do feel like we're a very passionate state. Um, you know, a lot of these bigger cities, I think they've got you know, it, going to like NFL games and things like that can be very corporate. Uh, I feel like New Mexico is definitely more. Um, passionate about their local athletes and um, we're a little wild too so I, I mean and that that's just kind of the facts as well but um, I really feel like they genuinely want you to win and I feel like they have supported me through it doesn't matter what it is like they know that I'm gonna fight and and they know that I'm passionate about it and they want me to win and I truly feel they're not those kind of fans that kind of jump ship if things aren't going great they're the ones that are pretty loyal you know and um, that a lot of cities don't have that. A lot of people don't have that type of following, and so it is a little more personal. And that is something that you know I want to take that one home for them because they also you know helped build a lot of my career. Uh, if I didn't have that following and to be able to build you know and have these fights locally in Albuquerque and to be able to like build a boxing career that kept getting bigger and bigger, um, I do owe, owe a lot back to Albuquerque for that. You know, so um, I feel like it gives them pride if I have victories, and so that's what I want to do. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about this fight? People back at the reading the journal or back in New Mexico? Um, I'm still going strong. Yeah. This isn't something that's like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be the last one or not. You know, I still have big dreams and um, and we're still we're still going forward. You're still having fun. I'm still having fun. Awesome. Holly, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Holly Holm, New Mexico's own Holly Holm. Hope you guys enjoyed that. It was um, not the not the normal Lobo basketball talk that I know some of you guys listen to my podcast for, but hope you enjoyed that. It was it was a little something different. And when it comes to sports in New Mexico, Holly Holm is on on that Mount Rushmore in a lot of people's minds, and certainly in the fight scene, she's right up there. So she's she's a great ambassador for the state of New Mexico when she goes around the world and and is on the big stage, and that's what Saturday is at UFC 246, co-main event. She is on that big stage, and she will be carrying with her a little bit of New Mexico into the octagon. So I hope you enjoyed that um, story that accompanies this this conversation I had with her. It was written and published in Thursday's, I'm sorry, in Friday's Albuquerque Journal print edition, and was posted online on Thursday on abqjournal.com slash sports. But Look, the, the journal is is devoting the resources to, to bring you these stories, even when they're not just in Albuquerque, but wherever they are. And they, they allowed me to come out here to, to cover stuff like this and to bring the stories back. So I hope you guys keep that in mind and, and remember that there's a lot going on in, in journalism and in, in media that isn't what uh, is being 
sometimes criticized a lot when when people talk politics and stuff like that there's a lot more to it hope those of you that want just the sports and want just the stories that uh that come with that remember that when you guys are thinking about maybe subscribing to your local paper and to the albuquerque journal it does matter it does help so abqjournal.com slash sports is where you can get to the to the all the sports coverage of lobo basketball which which I'm still writing about that and every day during the basketball season. And we also bring you stuff like this, the story from, from Las Vegas with Holly Holm and this podcast. So hope you guys enjoy it. I will, I'm assuming my next episode of the Talking Grammar podcast, which will be episode 27, that will probably be back on the basketball topic. Most of my podcasts are on Lobo basketball, so I can't imagine the next one won't be. But this was a, a unique opportunity, and I... Again, appreciate Lenny Fresquez for, for helping set this up, and I appreciate Holly for, for making the time. Her, her media obligations were done on Thursday. She did the media day. She did all that, but when the when she knew it was the Albuquerque Journal and that there were listeners to this podcast and the readers to what she knew I was going to write back in Albuquerque, she she made the time. And during a weight cut, that's, that's a pretty big deal, so I appreciate her for, her for doing that. And hope you guys enjoyed it. Until next time, this is the Talking Grammar Podcast.